You're listening to the Finding Unique Value Podcast with Jay Sparks. Hello, this is Jay Sparks, your host of Finding Unique Value, where I am the interviewer of business owners that have found unique value in their business or industry that others have not yet seen or explored. And today, I'm excited to be joined by Susan Hardy, who is the owner of an insurance agency in Massachusetts, Hardy Insurance Agency. And if you ever wondered um, what type of insurance coverage uh, you you need, or even if you need coverage, I'm sure you wish you knew someone like Susan, who is an experienced pro at finding the right coverage through the right company for your situation, which um, many times she's told me just um, comes down to asking the right question to get you the right value from your uh, from your policy. So I'm interested in, in getting her um, views on where the value is in the uh, in the insurance industry. So with that, um, welcome to the podcast, Susan. It's great to great to be speaking with you today. Thank you. Um, it's nice to be here. I appreciate. Great. great. Um, so could you just take a minute and just introduce yourself, Susan? Just just let us know uh, you know what, what you're you know what, what you're currently doing and 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 uh, you know and how long and anything else you think we need to know is from a from a background perspective. Yeah, so uh, my name is Susan Hardy, and I own Hardy Insurance Agency in Stoughton, Massachusetts. Um, I own and operate it, um, you know, Monday through Friday. Um, we've been in business nine years. We're just a small local agency um, focusing with our local people. I was born and raised in Stoughton and have a lot of contacts in my own town, which was very helpful Mm. to become successful in the business. Sure, sure. So, so how did you, with all those, you know, being in in that area, you know, everybody in Stoughton doesn't uh, set up an insurance agency, right? So how did, so how did you, how did that come to, um, come to light? Because I'm I'm sure, you know, when you were sitting in class in the sixth grade, you weren't thinking about doing that necessarily, right? So how, how did that, how did that come to be? It's funny because most people that get into the insurance business, there's only two ways. It's by mistake, which is how I got into it, by mistake. As I started in 1997 to um, cut down to part-time work and just have a easy job filing in a local agency as well. And um, I started to like it and make money and realize that everybody needs insurance. So mm-hmm. why don't I stay and get busy writing policies and learning the business? And that's exactly what I did. And I ended up leaving a job mm-hmm. and going for another agency that was a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. And then in our state, Things changed, managed competition came in, and um, the state no longer set the rates, which gave me the opportunity to start my own with my own book of business. So it was very risky because we didn't have a carrier at the time. I had to go through um, a group that got me a direct appointment with a carrier, and it kind of took off from there. Then. Here we are, nine years later. And it's been, from you said earlier, it's been it's been growing every year, which which is incredible. Yep, it has been growing every year. Um, there's been a lot of highs and lows, and a lot of twists and turns, and mm-hmm. um, but 
it's going great. You, so how did you so how did you make that 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 mental jump? Because this is something that you know is always fascinating to me. Um, a lot of people want to be their own boss, right? Because it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a teenager, right? You want to be an adult, but you don't want any of the responsibilities. You just want to be able mm-hmm. to do your own thing and, and not have to answer to anybody else. But as you know, um, it's very uh, many cases that the business owns you, right? And you end up yeah. uh, owning just a, a very difficult job uh, with, with no boss and no really no real direction, right? So it can be incredibly stressful. So how did you um, kind of get to from one place to the other? So I, when I moved to the second company, I was the only one in the office all day long, mm-hmm. and I have had my own book of business. So it was almost like I was my own boss already, even though yeah. I had to be, you know, I had hours that I had to adhere to sure. and rules and, um, <clears throat> and then when the managed competition started, I began to interview with other agencies. Because the agency that that I worked for didn't actually have a contract with the carrier. Mm-hmm. So as I interviewed with other agencies, some of these interviews lasted two and three hours. And they gave me insights and there was a lot of things to consider. I have a friend, he's a mentor now, and that's where I was going to go work. And... I was going to have to sign a non-compete and I was going to have to be an outside broker. And I was afraid I wasn't going to be disciplined enough to, you know, make all the phone calls and, you know, pound the pavement, so to speak, Mm -hmm. because that's not really who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, So I began talking to other people that could get me connected through Mm -hmm. them yeah. You know, and I paid a small fee, monthly fee to do it. And um, that's when I decided maybe I would take the risk. And it was a risk. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was going to work. Um, yeah. But I had a good group of people that followed me the first time I moved to an agency. So I knew that it would be an easy transition again to to move and start on my own. Sure, sure. Well, you you, you said you you felt it was um it was risky. Now, looking back, do, do you think that it was it was um more risky staying at a at a job where you couldn't grow or or do you think it was more risky trying to learn how to um kind of be your own boss and and they're both very difficult uh, decisions to make, but do you, do you feel that um being controlled kind of limited the risk a little bit for you or was it still like a white white knuckle ride for the first uh, you know first couple of years for you. It, once I once I knew I was going to get appointed through um, m- another one of my mentors. Once mm-hmm. I knew that they had an avenue for me to take, mm-hmm. then I knew I could do it. Yeah. Um, and so I approached the agency that I worked for that didn't have a contract, and I offered to buy my own book of business. So I, that it was me being, I could have walked away and did it all on my own, but I didn't want to burn any bridges. I I feel that's very important. Mm -hmm. You know, I was up front. It was a win-win for them as well, because they had another agency that they were 
operating. So they weren't really losing anything because if I left, all my people would have came or most of them would have came with me anyway. So that's how it happened. And I did it the right way instead of, you know, just taking my business and running, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just leaving in the middle of the night, right. And leaving people Mm -hmm. unhappy and and confused. Yeah. No, that's never a good thing. Well, you you said this, this twice now. I think this is also another thing that I've seen with people that have been uh, successful is that nobody knows everything, particularly when you're starting new, right? There's just way, way, way too much to know. And there's not a, there isn't a rule book there, right? You don't know. It's not written down anywhere, all the steps you need to take. So, and you talked about, you know, a mentor twice, and that's incredibly valuable, whether it's someone like, as apparently in your case, you actually had a person. Um, a lot of people have virtual mentors, you know, you read about people or, or watch, you, know, you can watch about them now on, on the internet and pick up kind of tips and, you know, kind of how they think about things and what they did um, incorrectly. What were, what were some of the things or some of the advice uh, that you got that was uh, that was particularly helpful that maybe you wouldn't have got gotten right away, right? You would have eventually, got, I mean, I can tell you're smart and you, you'll figure it out, but sometimes when someone tells you something before you have to experience it, it's incredibly helpful instead of making, you know, six mistakes before you learn it. <clears throat> well, it, it's funny because one of the mentors that I, I said <laughs> that I mentioned earlier that mm-hmm. was where I was going to work mm-hmm. at, um, I came right out and asked him what he thought about me opening my own mm-hmm. business. And I can't exactly use the the exact words that he said, but he was like, I think it would take a lot of guts. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it did. It, it did yeah. take a lot of guts. And I laugh about it today, and I talk to him about it today. And, mm-hmm. and you know, he's happy for me, and yeah. I admire the way he runs his agency. It's yeah. top notch. I'd like to be there one day. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm not there. Yeah. They have, uh, you know, different departments with yeah. multiple employees and sure. everything, um, technology and website and social media and everything. But <clears throat> you know, he is he got into the business the other way that I said there's two ways being yeah. by mistake yeah. and then usually it's a family owned business yeah. that maybe a, their parent or grandparent had started years yeah. and years ago and that's yeah. that's where he was years and years and years in the business so um where I'm still at the beginning stages um you know I probably halfway through I would say mm-hmm. um you know, maybe in the second, between the second and third stages of mm-hmm. the business. Okay. So. No, that that's incredible. I'm glad, I'm glad you, uh, you found him. I think it's also uh, impressive because it sounds to me like he's, you know, quote unquote, the competition, right? Yeah. Yet, yet, yet yeah. you were both, both big enough to be able to um, share best practices w- with each other. Cause I'm sure you're at the stage now where you can start helping him from time to time on different things. Right. Cause I'm sure he, he can't possibly know everything. Yeah, well, he knows a lot. Um, so I'd probably be asking him more than he'd be asking me. But um, we live in different, you know, we have different towns. So he is a direct competition, and I always praise him. And in the same with me, he will also praise me if somebody, if if he comes across somebody that's asking, you know, if they know me or 
you know, telling them where their insurance is, um, you know, so just he he was there. We had multiple, multiple interviews and he is just always willing to help. And now I'm seeing him at some of the classes that I go mm -hmm. to and um, the conversations we have and connections that he can get me to now, you know, he's willing, he's willing to help me anytime I need it. I probably should send them a box of chocolates or something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> no, it's great. Well, it goes back to your earlier comment, right? You know, you don't you don't want to burn bridges, and it you know it doesn't doesn't pay you anything. It doesn't cost you anything to be to be friends, right? And to be friendly. Right. Um, it's yeah. it, there's enough business to go around, and you don't really need to bad mouth or fight with other agents. You know, you should all be friends. You, you attend classes together, and we're we're all doing the same thing. Sure. You know? sure. Well, so switching topics a little bit, you know, in terms of insurance, um, from somebody you know who who's not in the industry, um, you know, they they uh, it can be very complex, and the, and the industry really isn't set up to be consumer friendly. It can be if you don't know what you're doing, you can get something that won't even help you, it won't even cover what you think it's covering. Right. Um, you can also buy something that, that is horrendously overpriced. And, and as an investment professional, I see this a lot. You know, investments wrapped in insurance products and people don't understand necessarily that they're giving up way over half their future returns to the insurance company. Right. And it, and it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's not sold that way, of course, but that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, what do you see as, as some of the gaps? And again, do you, do you, do you serve business owners and individuals or just one and, and or the other or, or everybody? Do you, yes, we do. Um, we mm -hmm. do both. Um, mm -hmm. Concentrating on personal lines. We yeah. do not do life or health or anything like that right now. Maybe that's mm -hmm. in the future. Yep. But um, yeah, we just we concentrate on those and um, just do the best we can. Yeah. Get, getting the right products you know, to our customers and explaining coverages. I think that sometimes with, you know, online quoting and, mm -hmm. um, you know, some of the companies that, you know, you just have to make a phone call and then they give you a quote over the phone and then mm -hmm. you're, it's a little scary because we, uh, we always see policies that aren't covering enough for them and they have no idea because it's legal to to carry it in Massachusetts yeah. you know such as a, a property damage limit yeah. you know and you could carry something as low as 5000 on an auto um yeah. policy yeah. but almost any accident not any accident but yeah. a lot of accidents if if there was a cars today cost so much that yeah. It's yeah. just not enough. If you were to get in a really bad accident with a Mercedes or a BMW, sure. you're already in the hole. Yep. So, yep. Absolutely. So, what what sort of questions should people be asking themselves just to make sure that, um, like, if they listen to this, they they have a couple of tools maybe, so they don't they don't get, you know, don't pay money that that is basically being thrown away because it's not going to cover what they what they think it is. What sort of things do they need to look for? Well, for starters, if they if they're quote getting a quote from you know an online policy and they see that it's a thousand dollars cheaper, mm -hmm. there's probably a coverage difference between the mm -hmm. two, and yeah. they should know what those coverages are. Some people don't care; they just want 
the lowest that they can go. Um, mm-hmm. We don't we don't sell lower than a hundred thousand on property damage because mm-hmm. we don't feel like it's 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 just we know that they're not going to be covered, so yeah. we won't even do it. And that's been since the beginning of my time, which yeah. I started in 1997. We've yeah. never, I, I never sell less than that. And then I've had yeah. friends that show me their policy that they did get online, and yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's yeah. not enough. Feel lucky that nothing has happened, or sure, you know, sometimes sure. they find out the hard way. So what is so so to 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 just dive into that just a little bit more because I think that's a really important question um, that you know whether someone uh, does business with you or not that you, you, we can can maybe help them is that you know, how can they kind of do the math so that they know what coverage they should have because it sounds like people are just going for the lowest number which is not going to help them right. are there some rules of thumb or just some things they should be thinking about in terms of risk so for instance in a, in a uh, let's say they have a, a newer car. It's not an older car, but it's a newer car, um, and they're getting some coverage. What, what sort of, you know, how should they? How would they know that, you know, they would be covered? Or, or I guess they hit someone else. That's a different set of questions, right? Because that that could be um, someone else could be driving a, a much more expensive car. Yeah. Mm. Well, they, you know, the bank when you buy a new car, if you mm. have a loan, like most mm. people. You know, the bank is going to make sure that you have full coverage. So you're covered for collision, you're covered for comp. Like, you have to do that. Um, For a homeowner, um, I mean, the basic limits are actually for bodily injury. It's $20,000, $40,000 per accident. Mm -hmm. We start everybody off at $100,300 per accident. Mm -hmm. And then we stress that. when you're a homeowner on top of it, maybe a teenager might have a little bit less because they're trying to save and people yeah. say, well, you know, they don't own anything. What are they yeah. going to get when they, you know, they can attach wages. So yeah. you want to explain, sure, you know, bare bones is not always the best way to go. And it's actually funny with rating the company's rating these policies because they've gotten to the point that they don't want to to write policies with the lowest limits either mm-hmm. because it's it's you know it's just not enough sometimes mm-hmm. i mean hopefully most people don't have to use their entire limit on a policy but there are the the events that happen and they learn the hard way mhm Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I never known anyone that, that's had to um, make a claim that thought they had, you know, too much coverage, right? That doesn't happen that way. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> but sometimes little accidents um, pay out the limit, um, mm-hmm. and and then they receive a letter from an attorney saying, you know, we're going to bring you to civil claims court and try to get more out of you because, you know, you ran over my foot and a hundred thousand dollars isn't enough coverage. Um, you know, but, um, doesn't happen all the time. Mm -hmm. Great. Great. Well, is there anything else that you see people, um, um, not thinking about that, uh, you have to kind of bring, bring to their attention in terms of maybe even either a policy they're not thinking about or, or different, uh, 
potential coverage uh, amounts besides the ones you just explained? Well, one small thing um, could be even apartment insurance. You, mm -hmm. you know, many people go without apartment insurance. And in our state, it's only, it could be $150. And mm -hmm. it covers a lot of, it covers all your contents. It, it gives you personal liability coverage, medical payments. But now it also gives you a discount on your auto. So a lot of times you're actually getting the policy for free because you're getting the discount on your auto and it equals the amount that you would be paying for the apartment insurance. And people are like, well, I don't have that much stuff. But, you know, if you yeah. have $20,000 worth of coverage, mm -hmm. I mean, couch, um, yeah. TV, laptops, clothes, um, people have more than they think. Yeah. And it, it really is worth it to have it, especially now when they're given all these credits and account discounts. It, it's something to think about. And we always try to talk our customers into it. Um, and a lot of times it's bringing the premium down, which is actually bringing our commissions down, but mm -hmm. we would rather see them covered mm -hmm. than to make it um, a few extra dollars on ourselves. It's never sure. about the premium to us. It's about the coverage. And that's a really good point, Susan, because I think that's the other thing that, that um, people are very distrustful of in the insurance industry, because you know that you know, the higher the premium, the more the commission. So, of course, the person mm -hmm. I'm talking to is going to see, you know, how much they're going to start with a very big premium and then, you know, maybe work work their way down. So I don't know if it's really what's right for me or if it's what's, you know, most profitable for them. So if someone's looking to um, uh, work with someone, maybe they don't have access to you, for instance, right? Um, mm -hmm. what, what are some things that they should be thinking about or they should be asking if they're thinking about doing business with a particular uh, insurance uh, person? Um, well, they should ask for a quote in writing, I think, mm -hmm. you know, that's easily, you can easily get that. And it is easy for a consumer to actually compare their previous policy. Mm -hmm. You can look at that and see the coverages without knowing really what the coverages mean. You can at least see that you're getting the same, yep. um, the same coverage. It, or better sure. and you know so as far as the questions i mean questions that people may ask is okay so if i'm at fault at an accident am i covered yeah. yes you're covered yeah. under the collision yeah. um portion and they might want to know deductibles mm -hmm. um but it, it's hard to say because people don't people will say oh i just want basic yeah and and then you run, like I can tell when a car is worth more than what they think, and I'll run it in um, the NADA, which is available through us, through the yeah. registry, and and just let them know what uh, approximately what sure. their car is worth in the eyes of the insurance and the registry. Mm -hmm. and, um, mm -hmm. and then usually that will, you know, they'll think about the cost versus, you know, losing the car and then they make their own opinion on what they think they should do. Sure, sure. Well, how, well, how can they, how can, um, you know, a consumer know 
if the insurance agent themselves has kind of got the right structure, that is, they aren't beholden to maybe one type of policy, or maybe they don't really have any expertise in a certain area. I mean, there are any things that you think you you that you I'm sure do that you know many maybe of your peers who aren't mentors to you um, aren't doing, or uh, make it um, easier for you to distinguish yourself because you are you sounds like you really well, are you know trying to help the person first and then you know uh, uh, work on you know the the other things that may benefit your your agency. Well, one one thing we do we we do not give them quotes based on like what I talked about before the the property damage. Yeah. We would never give a lower quote mm. and reduce that amount. Yeah. We just won't. Yeah. It's not worth it. Um, yeah. We might show them the difference between deductibles yeah. and and let them make a decision based mm. on that. Um, we we don't upsell you know some agents will just try to tack on every single endorsement available and there are a lot like accident forgiveness and um we will ask about those Mm -hmm. but we don't automatically put it which drives up the premium Um, sometimes it's worth it though because if you get a brand new car there's an endorsement that if you end up in in an accident and total that brand new car they'll replace it you know you know how they say you drive off the lot and you lose money right away you'll you'll you know that endorsement would be worth it you know and we would explain that to them um but as far as upselling and checking every box to give Mm -hmm. them everything Mm -hmm. we don't do but I don't know if it would be wrong saying for the agents that do do that because now they're offering you know, a Cadillac policy, you know, versus a basic, not basic, but, you know, not all the bells and whistles on it. I, you know, it's hard to say whether it's worth it or not. I suppose it it also depends on who your clientele is, you know, I mean, you could have people that, you know, $300 extra premium, you know, is nothing, and they they just want everything on it. You know, sure. And then sure. there's people that a three hundred dollar premium is all the difference in the world. You know, at thirty dollars more a month. You know, yep. it 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 does have to do with your clientele too. Yeah, that goes back to the fact that you're asking the right the right questions, right? So you can yeah get that up front, and you can't get that necessarily over the over the internet, just getting a quote, right? You're just getting no. a number back, which won't take all that into account. So that's why, you know, in those situations, you need to be working with someone like you who's focused on on their needs. Yeah, and, and sometimes, like, they'll just ask, have you ever been in an accident? And they're like, no, and, um, or they'll forget, you know, that it happened <laughs> four years ago, and they forget, and now they get a price, but now when it's run through the registry and they pull your operating history and realize that in four years ago you yeah. were at a, in an at-fault yeah. at accident, <clears throat> then um, y- it would change their premium. So then yeah. they sign on and then end up with um, with less. So Sure, sure. Much more expensive policy, yeah. Excellent. No, this is all very uh this is all very helpful. Thank you for um taking the time to uh to go over this and um 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 
Um, I'm very happy to see that someone with your approach and attitude has um, been continually growing their agency over the last nine years. That's really great to uh, great to hear. How, how can um, how, how can people contact you, Susan, if someone wants to reach out to you directly? What's the best way to do that? Um, they can call the office um, and, or email me at mm-hmm. any time. I answer emails from home if I okay. have the capability. Um, sure. And um, do you want me to? give you the number or in my email address or well i mean if they just go to i mean your your um um it should be on your uh, your website right what's the um... yes it's hardyinsurance.net so i'm susan at hardyinsurance.net okay great great i'll make sure everyone has that and again i really appreciate your time susan and really enjoyed the conversation and um thank you for the tips on how to potentially find some of the uh, uh, the right policies and make sure we avoid some of the mistakes that, uh, that some people make. And thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to Find a Unique Value and look forward to sharing our next guest with you um, next week. The Find a Unique Value podcast is sponsored by Elliott Asset Management. We help successful entrepreneurs create wealth outside of their business. To discover the five ways successful entrepreneurs become intelligent investors and grow wealth beyond their business, visit ElliotM.com slash webinar.